0: Today we are going to be talking about idioms. What's an idiom? A conc- Do you know what it is? <laughs>
1: <laughs> an idiom is a commonly said phrase that is not meant to be taken at face value.
0: An idiom is a saying that had a literal meaning at one point that has evolved into a metaphorical meaning.
1: That's how I was getting at.
0: And then we are also going to talk about certain idioms that haven't exactly aged well. I think we're all kind of familiar with that phenomena as the decades go by. The people of the past don't always look the best from present day vantage point. And we talk about how you can identify which of those idioms you probably should stop saying because it's there's a few keywords that you can scope out.
1: Stay tuned for more, which to say and which to avoid. Idioms for idiots. (laughs) I'm Emma. I'm Ian. And this is our podcast, Nobody's Talking About Everything, Solving Nothing. If we get lucky, we might solve something.
0: How many idioms would you guess are in the English language? (sighs) Hundreds. 25 million.
1: Sounds right. (laughs) 25 million
0: that seems impossible
1: yeah maybe that just counts all sorts of local and inside joke ones as well
0: Mm -hmm. okay so i have a few interesting idioms that i research kind of like their starting point from their literal meaning so barking up the wrong tree
1: Mm, that's dog hunting
0: yeah Damn, I'm good. So so hunting dogs would sniff out prey, and they would tree the animal. They would bark to alert the hunter of their location. Sometimes the animal would sneak away, leaving the dog foolishly barking up the wrong tree. And obviously, we all know this from the book...
1: Fox and the Hound.
0: Old Yeller. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember that book from middle school?
1: No, but I do remember the one about uh, where the red fern grows.
0: Oh, maybe that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, that is the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So we were both wrong. Yep. Haha.
0: <laughs> 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 okay, I haven't read Old Yellow Dine. Because <laughs> I know the dog dies at the end of that one.
1: Yeah, but. That's the most spoiled book ever, probably. Yeah.
0: Same with Of Mice and Men.
1: I made the mistake in American Lit. For some reason, after we read chapters one or two, I flipped to the last page of the book and just quickly read a little bit of it and looked up and looked around at the teacher and said, I don't know why, but I just read the last page of the book. And she screamed, why would you do that?
0: (laughs) Why would you do that ever? I have no idea. It's a really short book, too.
1: Yep. (laughs) I just had to wait a couple hours because I could have just went home and read the book. Nope.
0: So moral of the story, you don't want to be barking up the wrong tree and... Hunting hurts innocent animals. So two lessons there. Okay. Bite the bullet. Any idea where that comes from?
1: Uh that is from when soldiers were in combat and they had to get like lunas chopped off and bite something for the pain.
0: How'd you know that?
1: I'm a genius, I guess. I I remember.
0: You for, don't ever remember things.
1: I'm a genius for the worst things ever.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, that's before they had anesthetic. Well, maybe we learned about this in our medical care podcast.
1: That's possible. So two for two.
0: All right, you're never going to get this. Okay. Bury the hatchet.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, what's the meaning of it? Like the metaphorical meaning.
1: Metaphorical meaning is resolve a grudge or dispute.
0: Yeah, so it means to like...
1: Get rid of the weapons so nobody kills each other or like...
0: Yeah, Native Americans used to bury their weaponry when negotiating peace talks. Big mistake. That one came back to bite them.
1: The English really backstabbed on that one, literally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is a very funny thing to joke about. (sighs) Yeah, so they would literally bury their hatchets and other weaponry.
1: God damn it, Indigenous Americans were so good.
0: Yeah. They probably weren't even that good. They were just, like, medium good. Or some of them were good, some of them were, like, kind of bad. But just the English were just so bad. Yeah. Just, like, evil. (laughs) Caught red-handed.
1: You got blood on your hands.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty literal one. Yeah. Caught in the act of violent crime.
1: I didn't do it. Well, how come his blood's on your hands? (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) It's pretty hard to get out of this one.
0: (laughs) Okay, fly off the handle.
1: Something with, like trolleys or some shit when you're flying around and all of a sudden you well,
0: well okay what does it mean
1: go nuts
0: yep angry in the 1800s axes were so poorly made that when you would swing it back to chop wood the axe head would just fly right off the <laughs> handle
1: <laughs> yeah That could be bad
0: and i'm guessing that inspired anger in them or whatever it just was so dramatic that they use it as a metaphor <laughs> Give someone the cold shoulder.
1: Or like banish somebody outside? <laughs> I don't know.
0: This one is really weird. <laughs> In medieval times, so like literally a thousand years ago, it was rude to ask your guest to leave as it somehow is still today. So they would signify the end of an evening of hosting guests by giving them a cold piece of meat from the shoulder of pork beef or mutton. The guests had to then leave while the meat was still cold so they could get home and put it on ice or whatever.
1: (laughs) These meat, get home and put it on ice.
0: Imagine like modern day if you gave your guest an ice cream cone to take home to their kid (laughs) and then you had to like leave immediately so it wouldn't melt.
1: Oh, what a fun night. What should we do next? Well, here's your ice cream for your (laughs) child, so you better go home and give it to him before it melts all over.
0: Go the whole nine yards.
1: Uh, I thought I'm you know might this say one? this
0: one,
1: yeah. Yeah. They- We learned
0: this one on a different podcast, I no, think. No, I've
1: known this one forever. The bullets used to come in like- Clips. Long clips yeah. where they were all attached together, and when they would say, you know, give them the whole nine yards meant unload the whole clip on them, mm-hmm. which was nine yards long.
0: hmm Three
1: for six or seven.
0: I didn't anticipate that this would be this type of game when I was outlining it.
1: Because I'm a genius. You didn't see that coming?
0: Really, the cold shoulder was like the only hard one, apparently.
1: Yeah, that was just, that was a tough one. <laughs>
0: Kick the bucket.
1: (laughs) Sound means die. Something about a milk bucket with a cow.
0: Butchers in the 1700s would hang the livestock from wooden ceiling beams they called buckets for some reason. No idea why. The beams. When the animal was killed, their legs would convulse and kick the beam or the bucket. That's grim. Yeah, that's really bad.
1: That's really grim.
0: Moral of the story, don't butcher other creatures.
1: Don't. With your other creatures, and damn it, I didn't get that one either.
0: <laughs> I would have guessed that it had to do with hangings, you know, because they would like put somebody up and then they'd kick the bucket out from underneath them, like the stool, and then you know, they were left just hanging by their neck.
1: I think they had it up higher though. I think it was, yeah, I don't even know how they did that. It was like dropping floors or something,
0: yeah. They did it that way too, mm-hmm. yeah. But I thought they did it with stools too,
1: yeah. The floor is more sophisticated, yeah. Stool is definitely very low budget.
0: Let your hair down.
1: I've always assumed because ponytails are uptight and hair down is like chilled out.
0: Yeah. For like a thousand years, Christian women were required to wear their hair covered or at least in a tight bun. And then when they would enter the home, they would let their hair down.
1: Hmm. And that was a Christian thing.
0: Yeah. Riding shotgun.
1: I don't know. Is it like a cop
0: thing? It's more of a vigilante thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. So in the Wild Wild West, the passenger seat of the stagecoach had to hold the shotgun because, you know, the driver was driving and then he would have to fend off the robbers.
1: It makes sense. Yeah. Controlling a horse is a two hand game.
0: I think it's a pretty cool idiom.
1: It makes sense. That's probably my favorite one so far.
0: Yeah. I like the cold shoulder the best, but
1: that's pretty pretty sweet as well. <laughs> And shotgun is such a common thing. Yeah. Especially growing up when we all became of driving age. That was a very quintessential thing to say.
0: Yeah. Calling shotgun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that people obviously don't question these things. You know, they just say them absentmindedly and then just never consider why it's even called that. And because of this lack of interest in its origins, then they get passed down through generations and... People never update them. Like, they never care to find out what the origin is.
1: Well, that's why you just need to make your own idioms. Like, in college, we called smoking weed, we'd say rib sandwiches.
0: Like, because you had to have code or what?
1: Yeah, because we always, when we were leaving the dorms, somebody would ask us, where are you guys going? And if we were going out to just jump in the car and go we'll smoke weed, we weren't going to just say that. So we said, we're going on a quick trip to get some rib sandwiches.
0: Oh, I thought you said rip sandwiches. No, like rib. Yeah. Gross.
1: On on Tuesdays, they had dollar rib sandwiches. Rarely did we go get the sandwiches.
0: Okay, but where I was actually going with this was that basically people in the past were sexist and racist, and they passed these idioms down through generations, and people have not questioned their meanings or origin.
1: Is it time for some racist shit?
0: Yeah. Okay, so uppity refers to a black person acting high class, not knowing their place. Not good. Not good. Peanut Gallery referred to the seats in a theater that were like the highest up there. Mm. So obviously the poor seats, typically black people in certain parts of the country, certain periods of time, it was only black people, you know, like they Mm. couldn't go out of that section. And obviously today the word has a negative connotation saying that people are watching me and possibly commenting and they should just mind their own business instead of giving their opinion. Mm -hmm. And you hear the right-wing news outlets use this a lot when they talk about, like, cancel culture. They'll say, like, the peanut gallery is watching everything we say. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like that. It's like, oh, well, you shouldn't speak up. You Mm -hmm. should know your place and just don't even question me.
1: That is very interesting. But my only curiosity that is untouched is why is it called the peanut gallery?
0: Maybe all they could afford up there was peanuts and everyone else was eating, like, giant pretzels or something. Like, peanuts were free. That makes sense because
1: they called the rest of the theater the giant pretzel gallery.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and then a good thing to avoid in any idiom would be the word jip or jew. As far as, like, to jew someone out of something or to jip someone out of something.
1: We shouldn't have to say this, but it is good to just put up there. Yeah. Also, just in case Mark is listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, people obviously say that all the time, especially gypped.
1: Yeah, that's super common and unknown.
0: Yeah, and gyps were in the Holocaust as well.
1: They were not Aryan, therefore they were persecuted.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, this one seems obvious, but somehow it prevails. Sold down the river. So people mean it to mean like you're backstabbing somebody.
1: Okay, I'm not sure what's obvious about this so far.
0: Have you heard the phrase? No. Oh, well, so somebody screwed you over. So people in the north would sell their servants down the Mississippi River if their slave misbehaved. Mm. So. That's obvious. (laughs) Yeah, the word sold is really like, you know, the the tip.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And then down the river. But that also requires a knowledge of understanding that. Both the American South is racist and slave owning, as well as rivers flow north to south, downriver.
0: Only because we're in the Northern Hemisphere.
1: That's like everybody, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but obviously, if you are in Egypt, they were lighter skinned. They subjugated darker skinned people, same as us. And darker skinned people lived in Sub Saharan Africa, which was also along the Nile at the time. So at that point, you'd be sold up the up river. The river. Because the Nile flows south to north, the opposite.
1: So either way the sale is north to south? No. Yeah, because the other way it's up the river, north to south.
0: If you're in America you're being sold from oh, no. north yeah. to south and in Africa you're being sold from south to north.
1: But then it's downriver.
0: So either way it's down river, but yeah, it's not down country or whatever.
1: Well depending on how your hemisphere thing.
0: Depending on which way you artificially orient your map. <laughs> 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 All right. Are you familiar with the game Eeny Meeny miny, Mo? Yes. Are you familiar with the problem?
1: Is it hate on people who are sh- small or named Mo?
0: No, neither of those. So, obviously, when we were kids, we used to play that and we would say, catch a tiger by the toe. Yep. Well, our grandparents' generation uh, said the N word. Yeah.
1: Thank goodness that was never passed down.
0: Well, the, it prevailed. Well, I
1: mean, like, not... I never knew that that was the replacement word.
0: I've heard my grandparents say it before. Thank
1: goodness they stopped saying that. Yeah. Because they died. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's how the vast majority of social change happens. I think it's, like, over 50% of social change happens by death and rebirth of generations.
1: Catching a tiger or a person by a toe is not a good way to do it. Yeah. Don't catch them. <laughs>
0: All right, the term cakewalk.
1: I thought it was an innocent saying just about taking a walk and getting cake.
0: (laughs) So enslaved black people used to do these types of dances on their labor camps, and they would call them cakewalks. And then they were mimicked by white people in shows doing these dances, and then obviously the white people were in blackface. And so, yeah, not good. Not good. Saying native in reference to anybody that is not a native person. So we see UP stickers up here with the word native on it. You know, bumper stickers. We saw one like last week, just like the outline of the UP with the word native. And obviously that's just not good. People also say common phrases like, oh, he's a Colorado native or he's a native English speaker.
1: That's just not true.
0: Just the word native is just totally incorrect in that situation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Spirit animal.
1: Native American.
0: Mm-hmm. Native American cultures still use spirit animals as a spiritual practice. And white people need to stop saying that sloths are the spirit animal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> because you're basically making light of their religion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, this is one that I really had no idea about. Long time no see. Or another example is no can do.
1: Are these both referencing racist, prejudiced things against Asian Americans? Yep.
0: You got it. Would you have gotten that if I hadn't listed both of them? Yeah. Oh, really?
1: Yep. I thought it was the first one.
0: Yeah. Mocking Chinese people's way of speaking. I had no idea. Did you? Yeah. I assume you didn't know that. No. Yeah. All right. Grandfathered in. So I'm guessing you didn't know that it was racist, but now that you think of it, you can think of what it is.
1: Yeah, just something with... If your grandpa did it, then you can do it. But if he didn't, then you can't.
0: Yeah. So... After the Civil War, Southern states implemented the Grandfather Clause, which said that anyone whose grandfather voted before 1965 could go on voting as usual. But anyone whose grandfather hadn't voted before 1965, meaning only black people, would now be subjugated to new poll taxes, literacy tests, and sometimes state constitutional bans. What the fuck? And then obviously physical violence, intimidation, all that, killing
1: just the normal common all the time stuff
0: <laughs> classic voting day and black voter turnout to this day is very dismal
1: for a lot of those things
0: yeah using the term black in a negative way is very common in our different phrases black sheep yep black sheep blacklist black ball. blacklist and blackball mean to ban people and obviously those were literal terms at the time They would literally blacklist people from institutions. And then a black mark means to have a blemish in one's reputation. Black market means illegal activity. Black sheep means outcast. So it's just all kind of obvious. My mom needs to learn this one. All right. Cotton picking.
1: Enough said. (laughs) Enough said. Move it along.
0: (laughs) People always say like every cotton picking time or whatever. Not good. (laughs) Some year. (laughs) And then, this isn't to do with idioms really, but one change that we're trying to make as a culture is to start using the word enslaved instead of slave because saying slave reasserts their identity as property instead of a human being who was subjugated to a system of enslavement.
1: Huge difference, and I love it.
0: Yeah. Slave makes it seem like it's an irrefutable fact that that's what they are.
1: An identity type thing. Same kind of thing as homeless versus unhoused.
0: Yeah. Because people say that somebody looks homeless or, you know, we have all these different types of stereotypes about the word homeless. It's not used to literally just mean somebody without a home because the vast majority of homeless people in the U.S. are not on the street at all. You'll never see them on the street. You would walk past them in a grocery store and never know they were homeless So in your mind, you don't think of them as homeless. But that is what homelessness looks like, is just a mother with kids sleeping on her friend's couch. Mm -hmm. The real estate industry uses the term primary suite now instead of master bedroom, because that term dates back to the forced labor camps of the South. And like you heard me say, forced labor camps instead of the whitewash term, plantation. hate
1: that. Anytime someone says, we got to go to this plantation, and they're going somewhere on vacation, nope, I'm good.
0: I think we've done a really good job with World War II, and using the correct terminology, and just really being honest with what happened, how bad it was, we use those terms like a concentration camp. But then in other times in history, when it's just as bad, maybe even worse, because it's way longer, prolonged period of time, we don't use those terms. What... More could be a forced labor camp than literally eternal free work. like
1: Forever. Yeah. Generational work.
0: Okay, this one might be a hard one for you. Well, I think you already know about it. The golf tournament, the Masters. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, the name comes from the same exact origin that we just talked about. It has a bad history dating back from the name all the way to its actions up till even pretty much present day. For decades after their 1934 inception, so not as old as you'd think, Mm -hmm. they required all caddies to be black. They would not allow white caddies. Wow. And black golfers were banned from the tournament until 1975. And even worse, possibly, black golfers were still banned from attending the course for non-tournament play until
1: 1990.
0: Ugh. Yeah. And then somehow, women were not admitted to the golf course until 2012. What the fuck?
1: (laughs) Jesus.
0: A hundred years after we became citizens, we somehow gained access to a golf course
1: Well, keep in mind, you gotta be on on land. So.
0: (laughs) Alright, so we've wrapped up the racist portion of our slang. Now... How about the sexist ones? I think that, I mean, obviously, it's awesome that we've been focusing on the racial, especially black, negative words in our society over the last two years, and it's awesome, and I think it's making, like, a huge change. I noticed a lot of changes, like, on TV and things like that, but I don't think that people are talking about sexist language as much, so.
1: Damn, we only had, like, six idioms before we got into the fucked up ones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like the hook, you know, you got to have like a little bit of fun sprinkled in to get to the education. (laughs) All right. So an immediate red flag to know that something is sexist is when we use words to negatively describe women when they're displaying behavior that we would never criticize in men. And we may even consider them to be positives in men. So obviously it's not sexist to criticize a woman, but you just have to look at why you're criticizing her or what you're criticizing and think, like, would I criticize this in a man? An analysis of Fortune 500 employee reviews done by their bosses showed that among the 180 reports, 17 reports on female employees used the word abrasive, and it was never used to describe any of the 105 men. (laughs) Classic. Mm Mm-hmm. There are other words that were disproportionately used to negatively describe female employees way more often than males, including bossy, ballbuster, shrill, emotional, aggressive, hormonal, which is just <laughs> crazy, hysterical, moody, claiming a woman must be on her period, Yikes. or irrational. Very bad. I think we all know that men are very emotional in the workplace or just always and they tend to display different emotions than women. Ones that are not negatively associated with the word emotional for some reason. Men are more likely to have emotions of pride, jealousy, anger, aggression, and ego. Whereas apparently women have emotions of empathy or what? (laughs) I don't know what emotions they're referring to. Sadness, I guess?
1: Just hormones. Just horny. (laughs) Just horny as hell.
0: Some other words that are negatively associated with women that aren't used to describe men are gossipy, catty, nag, bitchy, cold, feisty, which is just really bad. <laughs> Lippy, ditzy, diva, and then blonde women have their hair color associated with unintelligence but blonde men do not.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Also, it's not good to say working mom because obviously we never say working dad. And similarly, it's bad to say career woman because you've never heard somebody say career man. <laughs> it just sounds so stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> career man. <laughs> Same with saying independent woman. Even though it sounds like it's a compliment, no one ever describes a man as independent because it's assumed that the man would be independent.
1: <laughs> Nor is anybody ever saying like, oh, what a dependent man is a good thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> I would have heard it before.
0: Because you're so emotionally dependent on me.
1: (laughs) He nodded his head on the audio podcast.
0: (laughs) Calling any professional a female cop or a female doctor or whatever it is, or even saying seemingly positive things like boss lady or boss bitch, which have somehow been embraced by many females as a way of saying that women are achieving... But you're just reasserting that it's surprising that a woman would be successful. Because for men, we literally just say boss. (laughs) (laughs) Boss man. Yeah. And then obviously the classic sexualization of women using words like slut, whore, easy, loose, prude, man eater, or tease. So all of these words describe women in relation to men, not just describing the woman. It's what is she doing in relation to the man? Is she having sex with them? Is she not having sex with them? You know.
1: I like the argument that if a woman having a lot of sex makes her loose, then that means a man having a lot of sex makes his penis small because it crunches it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then, obviously, society comments on women's bodies in a way that's different from how we comment on men's bodies. The word curvy is never used to describe fat men. And then men are obviously never described as plus-sized. Only women. Big and tall. And then there are also words that are used to describe women who are unthreatening to the patriarchy. They can seem like positive words. Things like ladylike, bubbly, flirty, sassy, chatty, soccer mom, housewife, and girly.
1: I actively tried to describe men as bubbly. Yeah. So that's a good thing, including myself.
0: And you said, I think yesterday, you said somebody was a stay at home husband. And I said, like, oh, a house husband?
1: (laughs) (laughs) House boy.
0: And then just two more to throw in there that are just very clear to avoid. The term tomboy, as if a girl's interests or way she dresses means she's any less of a girl and somehow we need to use the word boy to describe her. And then... The term jailbait. That's
1: a bad one.
0: (laughs) That is really bad. That's a bad one. Because then you're looking at the looks of a teenager and saying that she's so sexy that she's going to cause an an older man to get thrown in jail by assaulting her. (laughs) (laughs) So you're basically saying that she's asking for it.
1: Yeah, not good. I need to probably... The one that I definitely use that I shouldn't use is I definitely still use the word bitch. So she's like an old woman, like, drives terribly in front of us and cuts us off, I'd so hard for me not to be like, old bitch! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I can't do that anymore.
0: Also, another one that I brought up to you before was the word ditz, right? Or was it bubbly that you... Bubbly. Yeah. Yeah. You thought it wasn't associated with women, right? No,
1: I kind of did, but that's why I kind of use it in the opposite way, such as describing it for myself.
0: (laughs) You're more flamboyant.
1: I'm a flamboyant, bubbly, softy, diva, hugger, crier.
0: (laughs) Yeah, people would use the word cold to describe a woman, but they'd use the word like stoic to describe a man.
1: Yeah, unless he's ugly, then you'd say he's creepy.
0: Somehow, a lot of these terms are used for women like more often when they're more attractive. The more attractive a woman is, the more of these things probably are being used against her. Yeah. Like obviously, when you hear a lot of these words, you kind of think of a more attractive woman, like ditzy, diva, diva. feisty. Yeah, shrill. That that one's bad. That was big during Hillary's campaign yeah. that people would call her shrill. Shrillery. Yeah. Abrasive. Yikes. Any other comments?
1: Any sexist idioms besides those? Or just. All those bad words.
0: Well, I didn't actually say, like, sexist idioms. No, I just,
1: okay. I was just a little confused. If I was going from, like, racist idioms to sexist idioms, but we were doing just sexist words, which makes sense.
0: Well, a lot of the racist ones were just, like, the words. Mm, yeah. Like, not using the word native, not using the word black, not using the word Jew or whatever. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, people pick what's obviously on their mind, and people are also pretty shitty, so then they never look into it, and we just keep saying bad shit, so now we gotta know what not to say. Mm -hmm. Bada bing, bada boom. (laughs) Learning new things and having to change my habits, like things I do and words I say, is such a bitch.
0: I think it's pretty easy because I'm not defensive at all about it. Like, that's really the holdup that most people have, is that... They think somebody else is calling them racist because they ignorantly use a word that they haven't thought about. It's not your fault that it was passed down to you, but it's your responsibility to just like, oh, well, whatever. My dad taught me that and now I throw it out. Like, it doesn't make a difference.
1: Yeah, I was really just partially joking because that was a funny thing to say. And also because I just do like the way that bitch rolls off the tongue and mouth.
0: My brother was a big proponent of the word bitch. Big time.
1: It feels wrong to not use it in our of him.
0: All right, everybody scratch what we said.
1: <laughs> bitch is back on the table.
0: <laughs> well, I just think it's important to not use the word bitch to describe a woman that you're specifically trying to say is acting, quote, bitchy. If you say, like, oh, she's a bitch, you know, that's an obvious time on to not... Yeah. yeah. And then if you are ever addressing a man and you're saying he's a bitch... Because you're trying to say that he's weak or he's, he's a pussy, you know, that type yeah. of thing. That's obviously bad. But no. other times aren't as bad.
1: For me, it'd be more like...
0: Old bitch, fat bitch.
1: Old bitch is a good one. Our dog has been very eager to play. To a fault.
0: Our dog has discovered tennis balls, which is pretty fun to play with her. But it's very loud.
1: Takes up her whole mouth. Another one that you didn't mention that's racist, people misuse powwow all the time. Yeah.
0: What do you mean by misuse?
1: When they use it, yeah they,
0: they shouldn't use shouldn't it. Shouldn't use it yeah.
1: because powwow is a very specific celebration to those cultures yeah. and
0: Yeah, a spiritual thing.
1: People will say in such a small reference, Hey team, you know, in five minutes meet us at the water cooler, we're going have a quick powwow on the Johnson folder. Yeah. That's not a good thing. And even if you use it to mean something, a bigger gathering, not a good use either. Yeah. not what it is.
0: Yeah, even if you are talking about, like, a baptism, literally, like, a spiritual gathering of family, it's still just, it's not your culture, and you don't have the same religion as them. Imagine if somebody from, like, the Muslim culture or whatever said, oh, yeah, we're having a baptism this weekend. Like, oh, yeah, what are you doing? And then like they list off all these customs that they're gonna do that you've never even heard of because they don't even know what a baptism is.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm guessing I could have listed off so many more.
1: <laughs> yeah, we might have to have part two of this.
0: Ten years down the road when we realize that a bunch of stuff that we're saying now is racist. Shit. I'll be happy.
1: It's been a while since we've done a podcast. We've been just living summer lives.
0: Yeah, I've been working on my book a lot, which causes me not to research on the podcast. And then Ian has been reading a lot. And I've been reading a lot, too. But we both, independently on different nights, stayed up until 1 a.m. reading. I'm reading, like, a sex book.
1: Hot, hot sex book.
0: Yeah. The main character is a fisherman. (sighs) classic sex book.
1: That pretty much goes without saying. (laughs) (laughs) If it's a good sex book, he's probably... A marine worker of some sort.
0: <laughs> but it is quite a feminist book, I will say. It has a lot of deviations from the classic romantic book, gender reversals and things like that.
1: I've been reading a little bit of everything. We have a Simulation Theory 2 podcast, pretty much ready to rock.
0: You said the last time.
1: And it will come out next time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're going on a camping trip tomorrow morning. We're going to be gone almost a week
1: Leonard's excited. She's also one now. Time do be flying.
0: Yeah, Leonard had her birthday. I am one. I am one dog. One dog.
1: And we pretty much are on our way to permanent pure time happiness. We're pretty... yeah,
0: we're probably at like ninety seven percent.
1: Yeah. Pretty damn good. Life do be working out. We do be pretty lucky.
0: We are going to Devil's Lake tomorrow. Ian's brother and another friend are coming for two nights after that.
1: I think it's two nights and two nights. Oh,
0: yeah. Two nights. Yeah. Four nights total. And then we're going to go spend a night with Ian's mom in Appleton after that.
1: Instead of Devil's Lake, we decided to call it Satan's Wet Hole. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: I'm guessing other people called that.
1: Probably most people.
0: Oh, and we're also really excited because our favorite restaurant, pretty much like ever, or right? Pretty much ever. Yeah. Is in Baraboo. 10 miles from where we're staying, so.
1: Vegan place called The Cheese House.
0: If you listen to our first two podcasts, you will know about The Cheese House because when we got Leonard a year ago, we had just gone there. That's me. <laughs> that is I. That is a boy.
1: Thanks for listening. I'm sure you listen to all our podcasts from the first one to this one. The Epic Cheese House saga. Saga.
0: We have been posting very, very inconsistently. But our listenership has actually, like, maintained slash possibly gone up. So maybe that's, like, a new tactic.
1: Take that algorithm.
0: Yeah, people in other countries just love us, but, you know, not our friends and family, so.
1: Thank you, strangers, because if we weren't an international sensation, we wouldn't have any fans.
0: If you are our friends and family and you're listening to this, tell us that you listen. Because we don't want to be, like, asking people, like, do you listen? Because then they have to awkwardly say no or lie or something. And we just would like to know who's listening. All
1: right. What's the secret phrase that they need to say to us?
0: Chocolate monkey.
1: Is that a racist idiom? I don't think so. All right. We're going to have a new one. It's going to be
0: vanilla monkey.
1: We're going to have a new one. It's going (laughs) to (laughs) be when you know you crow.
0: Crows are black.
1: Okay. Looks like we're both racist. (laughs) That's it.